This is a hypothetically great podcast. This is Tech News for MBAs. I'm Professor Paul Kinetti. It is Friday, December 10th, 2021. This was the last week of the semester at Columbia Business School. And uh, this is the second to last episode of the semester of this podcast for the year. In many ways, 2021 was transformational. And uh, I think, you know, the shock of the pandemic from 2020 sent certain tech trends kind of into motion that really started to play out this year. And I'm very curious to sort of see where we will land uh, going into 2022. So maybe next week for our final episode, we'll sort of do a year in review and maybe some forecasts for what lies ahead. If you have not left a rating or review for this podcast, I really would ask for your help doing that. It helps me climb up the search rankings so when someone is looking for tech news, they are likely to find us. Another simple thing is to share it with a friend. So right now you could just, you know, look at your phone, think of somebody and just send them a text. Hey, I'm listening to this podcast. You might like it too. That would be awesome. We're going to kick things off with a headline about Instagram, a subsidiary of Meta. And then we'll jump into our main story of the week, which is all about this major outage that Amazon had over at Amazon Web Services, where we can really see just how reliant we all are on this one centralized source of internet power, which is AWS. Adam Mosseri, the head of Instagram, testified in a Senate hearing this week. The Subcommittee on Consumer Protection met this week with Adam Mosseri, the head of Instagram, on the stand getting grilled by senators across partisan lines about how harmful their software is to its users, and particularly citing a lot of the recently leaked research around harm to teens uh, being associated with suicide and other mental health issues. It was interesting to watch, for sure. Um, Some random trivia background. I went to high school with Adam Oseri in our senior production of The Wiz, I played the Scarecrow. Uh, my Maz and Bounce House co-founder, Simon Baumer, played The Wiz. And Adam Mosseri played The Lion. These tech hearings are always a little cringeworthy for two different reasons. One is that so many of the congresspeople that are asking the questions just don't really understand how these products work or how these companies work, and they're just clearly out of touch with what is happening. 
But it's equally as cringeworthy to see these executives giving non-answers and saying, oh, I don't know, I'd have to check, you know, we certainly are committed to transparency, but then when they ask to actually give, you know, a transparent number about something, they might say, oh, well, we don't have that exact data or something else that is elusive. Of course, Adam Mosseri, like any tech executive that is in this situation, is really just uh, sort of demonstrating a series of responses that have been rehearsed. And in other words, it's not like he is spontaneously deciding what to commit to or what not to commit to or what to disclose or what not to disclose. All of that is sort of determined beforehand with a large team, I would imagine. Um, and he really is just sort of representing the company uh, there rather than just speaking freely. And um, I'm not sure how productive these sorts of hearings ultimately are. Uh, but, you know, at least it's something towards the goal of recognizing that social apps might not be good for us and thinking about how government might put regulations in place. I saw online multiple comparisons to big tobacco as they addressed Instagram as part of big tech and uh, similarly how its harm is currently unregulated and unmonitored and um, there's really no penalty when someone is harmed by these products and perhaps some of that should change. Amazon Web Services had one of its biggest outages ever affecting many, many internet businesses. In July of this year, former AWS CEO Andy Jassy became the CEO of Amazon itself when Jeff Bezos stepped down. Jassy was replaced by a new CEO at AWS named Adam Salipsky. And this, to my knowledge, is the first major outage that new CEO Adam Salipsky has had to deal with. It's hard to overstate how much of the internet that we know and love runs on AWS. Again, AWS stands for Amazon Web Services. This is Amazon's cloud infrastructure offering, and its competitors are Google Cloud, Microsoft Azure, but the biggest player in the market today is still AWS, and so many other products and services run on AWS. This Tuesday, around 11 a.m. Eastern Time, they had an outage that lasted until about 6 p.m., so that's seven hours or so where it was just chaos, pandemonium. Things just stopped working. And internally, I can't even imagine the scramble to get to the bottom of it. Some examples just to demonstrate how big of a deal this is are Disney Plus and Netflix were both down. AWS is the back end technology platform that those services run on. Some other examples that went down this week, Roomba, the uh, kind of robot vacuum cleaners, 
they stopped working because they are powered by the cloud via AWS. Let's name some more. Tinder, the dating app. Coinbase, the cryptocurrency exchange. Uh, Venmo and Square's cash app, two of the primary ways to send fiat currency back and forth. And of course, then there were also Amazon's internal systems, uh, the software in their warehouses, the software that is used for deliveries and tracking and order fulfillment, the grocery software used by their subsidiary Whole Foods, and the list just goes on and on and on and on and on. If you have a startup, chances are your startup was down because you probably run on AWS as well. So let's just think about this for a second. A single company with a single product or, you know, suite of products is able to basically bring the whole world to its knees simply by having an outage. You can't send money back and forth. You can't buy stocks or cryptocurrencies. I didn't mention Robinhood and other brokerages were also down. You can't vacuum your floor. Uh, you can't watch TV. Because more and more of the world runs and is orchestrated via the internet, and you can have a single point of failure in a company like Amazon. I don't know if there's an easy way to tally it up, but just think about the billions of dollars lost across e-commerce platforms and other services that could not transact during this period the ripple effects are just endless. So why and how did this happen? Well, Amazon said there were network device issues, which to my ears sounds kind of like nothing. I have no idea what that means. Uh, but there are some internal documents that were leaked that actually told a different story. It said that its internal devices were receiving more traffic than they were able to process. Basically, that their servers were overwhelmed, but not because of some peak use in consumer behavior, but instead, there's speculation that this was some sort of orchestrated attack where through some sort of automated system, Amazon was purposefully meant to be overwhelmed by many, many, many uh, other servers trying to access AWS all at once for the specific purpose of overloading the system. Now, again, that is unverified, but it is making its way around. And that actually would make more sense than, oh, somebody kicked out the plug by accident. Those sorts of things are planned for and anticipated. Uh, that being said, earlier in the year, Facebook had an outage because apparently someone like an intern had messed up their like domain name settings. So mistakes do happen. That is totally possible. Um, but there is a reason. It doesn't happen spontaneously. And it wouldn't be that surprising if there are people, organizations, governments, who knows, uh, out there in the world trying to attack big players like Amazon. You sort of have a target on your back when you do control so much of internet activity. As far as thematically 
fitting in with some of the other things we've talked about this semester, I do think there is an argument here about the dangers of centralization uh, compared to some of the decentralized ethos that we're seeing coming out of the Web3 community and this idea of distributed computing across many, many computers where there really is no single point of failure. Ironically, that's exactly what a cloud infrastructure provider like AWS is supposed to be giving you, right? So if you just host your own servers in your basement, you know, a server, by the way, is just a computer that's not your computer, right? So um, for instance, listening to this podcast, the computer that you're listening on, which is your phone, uh, there is some other computer somewhere else that, for instance, Spotify actually hosts this podcast. So you are accessing this file, uh, this audio file from that other computer. And that other computer is called a server. And so it used to be that people had servers on site. In other words, at your office location or your factory or your retail store or your law firm, you would just have servers sitting there on premises that are, again, just other more powerful computers that the computers at your desk could access or something. Um, cloud computing, of course, revolutionized all of that because it was cheaper, better, easier to scale, and a lot less chance for failure. These servers are housed in very safe environments. There's redundancy. So if one goes down, the others still work, et cetera, et cetera. The decentralized crowd, the blockchain folks, the crypto bros, what the Web3 people are saying a lot of the time is that we should not be so reliant on these centralized singular points of power and singular points of failure. And when they talk about that, uh, they certainly mean something like AWS. They mean financial institutions like banks, and they even mean governments, right? These are all highly centralized organizations that really run our lives. And what if instead you could decentralize it and spread these things out among thousands or maybe even millions of people uh, and their computers, what would look different then? So let's just walk through this thought experiment. Imagine in the future there was a way to recreate the services that AWS offers, but on the blockchain, distributed. So instead of there being physically a giant warehouse somewhere that Amazon owns with thousands of supercomputers in their warehouse that constitute the cloud, instead, those same thousands of computers could be distributed across many, many locations around the world. So when Netflix on your device at home, like your Apple TV, is trying to communicate with the server, it's actually communicating with this giant network of decentralized computers. By decentralized, I mean, quite literally, there is no center. There's not like a main computer and then lots of other ones around the periphery. They're all equal participants. And in aggregate, they are the equivalent of a centralized solution like AWS. So let's just say that that was possible and it was 
uh, available at approximately the same price and everything about it was equal. That does sound like a pretty great solution, right? It would be harder for that system to spontaneously go down or to be attacked because of the distributed nature of it. That being said, those computers still have to be connected to the internet using an internet service provider like Verizon or something. So now, of course, let's say Verizon goes down. Well, that's a single point of failure. So even though you have this distributed blockchain-enabled cloud service that competes with AWS, let's call it, you know, uh, Block WS, Block WS only works if all of the computers on the network uh, are connected to the internet. Now, of course, you might argue back, well, that's fine. Let's say that a third of them use Verizon and Verizon goes down, but the other two thirds use other uh, internet service providers, ISPs, then the network would still stay intact and it could still work. And that is a pretty good argument. But then you even have decentralized internet service providers. Uh, for instance, Helium is a new blockchain technology that is putting physical devices, you can think of them sort of like routers, in homes and offices, uh, and they are incentivizing people to put these things in their windows with an antenna sticking out in an attempt to create a massive decentralized internet network where you actually wouldn't need a centralized provider like Verizon. So there's lots of interesting sort of trends happening right now that I think as they play out into the future could mitigate some of the risks that we see with a centralized cloud computing platform like AWS and could provide real competition to these incumbent services. Everything really does lead back to crypto somehow. I'm sorry for that. Not sorry. All right. So long story short, AWS goes down. We all have to actually talk to one another because the internet doesn't work. Then it goes back up. We forget all about that and happily re-enter the metaverse. That's what was cooking this week in the world of tech. I will see you next week for our last episode of the semester. We'll take a look at everything that happened in tech in 2021 and uh, ponder what might come next year. I'm Professor Paul Canetti. See you then. This is a really good podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs>